Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Patrick Apatumaro, and Hats on Lamps. It's episode 92. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. So this week, we are uh, finally following up our last episode, which was on drafting five colors, with the promised five-color, possibly, draft. <laughs> no guarantees, of course, because it is draft. But uh, yeah, so Hats, how are you feeling going into this five-color draft we're about to do? Oh, uh, I feel it's very unlikely to be a five-color draft. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've noticed that um, it's much harder to draft five colors uh, now than it was back when I was doing it a lot. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe a lot of people started picking fixing higher. I'm not sure. Yes. But uh, we'll we'll do what we can. Yes. I, I will also say, uh, in follow-up to last episode, we do have um, five or four five-color decks in our seven-win spreadsheet. Hats, you are three of those. I am. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the only other foolhardy soul who uh, who did it was D Dubs. So congratulations, D Dubs, for yeah, uh, well done. yeah, for doing that. But I will say we have had an uptick of four color decks, and I think an uptick of decks that include really good fixing. So I th- I think even if you're not drafting five colors, I think that the basics that we outlined. Uh, last episode are helpful in um how to look at pack uh one and four i think almost everything that we said about drafting five color applies to four color uh to some degree you know you it expands the number of cards you can comfortably play uh it has the same risks but just not quite as risky um it's uh uh, yeah i I think it's uh, i think everything that we said applies to just thinking about um your draft in more in a more holistic way where where splashing isn't quite as scary uh given the right circumstances so yeah i think that's great yeah yeah it 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 both got me to think more about splashing and to think a lot more critically about the uh influence requirements for my decks Oh, that actually leads me to an even better card of the week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick this thought into my little pocket here and uh, pull this out in a minute. Oh, I'm I am on pins and needles. <laughs> um, all right, and so we'll go on to our our announcements where we plug the Patreon over at Patreon.com/slash/FarmingInternal, where for as little as a dollar a month or more. You can gain access to our show notes, recording bloopers. You also nudge us towards our Patreon goal. So we have a brand new patron this week. Um, very excited. Uh, so big thank you to Steve Irwin. At least that's his uh, name on Discord. It turns out now that I know his real email address that he is not, in fact, Steve Irwin. He's an impersonator of Steve Irwin. And... Uh, so I, I think that's the biggest news surrounding uh, him joining the Patreon. That is that Steve he's Irwin an imposter? Act his real name. I see. Okay. <laughs> that's well. Uh, 
well, we can't do we can't do anything about that. We will just have to accept <laughs> along along all of the other real names of people <laughs> that we have a faker. Yeah, I know. That's actually that's what I appreciate most about low key trickster. Uh huh. Is, is that they are using their given name. Yeah, they are brave enough to sign up to Patreon with their real name. But yes, we do have other patrons too, uh, surprisingly. Uh, that is Disc Golf Dan, Cotillion, Loki Trickster, Sigma Tank, Mercurio Blue, Abinego, Meagles, Madness, Parmalee, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Chedamrud, Raven Dragon, Esrit0215, who might also be psychologist, who knows, uh, Sunblaze, Worked on Sun, and Yastow. All, all their real names. <laughs> yeah. And now Steve Irwin's screwing it up. <laughs> but I'm very excited. And I'm saying this on air for joining at the tier that Steve Irwin did. I'm going to send him three ears of popcorn. What? That's yeah. crazy. I know. Cause, is that, uh, an, is that an official? And... He lives in New Jersey, so that's not that far away. So it shouldn't be that hard to ship. So oh. he's getting three years of popcorn. That's my promise. He can hold me accountable on Discord. Is that an official tier? It or was is... garlic, but we're out of garlic. Okay. <laughs> not, not really what I was asking, but okay. <laughs> What's, what do you mean? That Wasn't that what you asked? I mean, is that an official tier where if you join at that at a particular uh, Patreon level, you get you get corn? No, you get garlic. That's what that's what I answered. Wait, what? <laughs> let's let's edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the only other person who's ever joined at this tier was uh, Cassandra, and oh. I sent him two cloves of garlic. Oh, all right. I, I no, I was just because I don't. I was asking if it was an official tier because. I've never heard of this before, <laughs> of the of the food for Patreon, like you know, deal. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, a way that a farming podcast could thank their patrons. I just think we should be telling people about that <laughs> right on the like. If you're actually getting garlic and or popcorn in the mail, that is a perk. Oh, would you would you consider that a better Patreon pitch than what I've been doing? Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> It's more specific. <laughs> All right. Well, how about we don't cut this up? <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> consider yourself pitched, everyone. <laughs> consider. For real, consider yourself pitched. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's our Patreon pitch. <laughs> you got two, two for the price of one there. <laughs> and... Um, on to our draft weeks. So how was your draft week? That's... Haven't played. <laughs> haven't played? <laughs> haven't played Eternal this week. I, I don't remember the last time I drafted. Uh, it was probably a few days ago. I don't know. Maybe last week sometime. I'm not really sure. I don't think that I'm on the... Um... Oh, no. I'm on the, I'm on the <laughs> list. I must have drafted at least once and gotten one seven-win draft in there. Uh, in this past the, week. In the past week or two. Uh so anyway, yeah, no, I just haven't been... Uh, I drafted a lot last month. Um, I ended up at number three on the charts. And then somehow this month I wasn't compelled to. I, I've been really enjoying 
playing a, sort of through my backlog of indie games that I have on Steam. And uh, I just uh, that's been the mode that I've been in. So I'm, I'm, I might be a little rusty going into this draft, but I'll, I'll do my best and hopefully uh, get the old um, sea legs back under me to, to throw in every possible idiom and metaphor. Uh, yeah. So well, couldn't couldn't tell you couldn't tell you how my draft week went because it's been inactive. How was your draft week? Well, hey, well, I have some follow ups. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, so the two questions I have is, I mean, I think one, it makes sense. This format is getting a little long in the tooth. So. Indeed. And, um, which uh, brings up the fact that uh, you know we do have this draft tournament coming up in may and that was moved up to be april 28th to may 2nd Mm -hmm. so they moved it up a couple weeks and uh people are speculating that that might be because a new set is coming out sometime in may so they wanted the draft tournament to be before the new set are you going to join the draft tournament do you think i don't know one way or the other actually uh, I don't. Uh, maybe it's just because I didn't have a great experience with the last draft tournament, but uh, I like like the level of competition of just doing a normal draft seems to be enough for me. And because of the way draft is, uh, I I think it's I think it's too it's too stressful for mm-hmm. me to compete with this sort of in this sort of high stakes version of a draft tournament i mean maybe maybe i will i I, it sounds uh it sounds from like from your experience in the last draft tournament that the qualifying rounds are actually pretty fun to just sort of because you're not losing anything you just uh try to try to qualify for the big playoffs i'm I'm assuming that this is how the draft tournament is going to go i haven't actually looked into it it seems like i should have i think it's going to be similar to the old one where you probably do like three qualifying runs or something the difference is that i think this is going to be like an ecq where it's you pay to enter okay well i guess that'll depend on the price then Unlike the draft championship where you, you know, you qualified to get to the qualifier. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I think if my day happens to be free, (laughs) then I might do it. Uh, But right now I don't have a plan one way or the other. Uh, Yeah, I do imagine in some sense the competition might be less than your sort of MMR-based opponents on the draft ladder oh yeah for the first for the qualifying round sure um and then or whatever i guess i'm not using the right terminology um the pre-qualification or whatever the first games yeah i would be just up against whoever but that doesn't necessarily mean that i'll succeed because i lose against people who are not experienced drafters all the time i have a higher win rate against them than i do against the veterans for sure but because there's so much variance in draft it's not any kind of a guarantee i lose against like silver players who know what they're doing um all the time (laughs) try not to yes (laughs) yeah i mean also part of it is that you know silver player can mean a lot of different things it can just be like someone who's never played draft before and they're silver or it can be 
you know, someone who hasn't played in a while who happens to be silver or a very good constructed player who doesn't draft that often but has got a free draft ticket. Right, exactly. And uh, I don't run up against people who are making outright mistakes as often as I used to. Like this time last year, I was running up against people who were clearly making mistakes, putting unplayable cards in their decks. And that doesn't happen that often anymore, occasionally. But uh, I, most people seem to who are playing draft regularly seem to have a basic uh, command of, of how to do it now. So the differences between um the 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 average eternal drafter and the people who are really good is sort of it's a much finer line now than it used to be in my experience well my draft week has been uh pretty good i um i think a couple weeks ago i talked about how i was in a horrible place with eternal Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and had been on quite quite a losing streak so i I uh, talked to you, I talked to Jed, I talked to Cotillion, and spent about a day complaining about Eternal and how I was never going to play the stupid game again. And then Jed thought maybe for my own happiness I should stop playing. That is also what I told you. (laughs) I said at least take a break. That was my first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, So I decided to do that, and then the next day I was, you know going to the bathroom and being like, well, what am I going to do for the next five minutes? I don't really know. <laughs> I guess I better do a draft. <laughs> so, uh, so I drafted a deck, but I, I decided I'd only play one game a day. And uh, s- since doing that, I am now 14 and one. Okay, there you go. So, so that's, I've been actually having a, a good couple weeks. Um, the one problem is though, uh, last month, um, I had the same pattern where I, I went seven zero, then into a seven, one into a seven, two into never winning another game again, ever. <laughs> and based on how well our co-drafts have been going recently, um, this could very well be a seven, two here. Which would really pretend some disastrous future results. So I'm a little trepidatious about how this co-draft is going to go. Okay, just so that I have it straight, you're worried that this draft is going to go well because it means that you will be in for a string of very bad luck later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, did you not listen to our tarot reading episode? <laughs> You know, I think I may have forgotten the finer details of that one. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so shall we move to our card of the week? Yes, let's do. Uh, what is your card of the week? No, what's your card of the week? My card of the week is Amber Luck. Uh, that is the uh, time relic. It costs two time. And uh, on summon, you draw a card. And then you can pay four and sacrifice Amber Luck to draw a card and uh that makes a total of two cards that you've drawn um i think that this is one of the cards that i underestimated the most at the beginning of the format i think it's solid uh time is not in a great place right now as far as drafting it uh i the but uh, there there is sort of a relic matters deck sort of hidden in there somewhere sometimes so 
uh, it's good in that case. But at the very worst, it this is a card that uh, replaces itself for two power, which isn't too bad. Uh, that's a treasure trove. Um, and then uh, it is also a mana sink that draws a card when you have excess uh, excess power si- sitting around. Um, so I think it's good. I think it's just a solid pick uh, a lot of the time. Um, and if you do have some sort of relic synergy, then it can be really great. It's one of the very best things to sacrifice to the two one flyer and to to make a six four. Uh, I know that's one of your favorite cards. So you probably have that name um, at hand. Oh yeah. Um... Oh, let me uh, let me get our underappreciated intern on that. Uh, underappreciated intern. Uh, any any uh, any word there? Underappreciated intern. Oh, that card's consuming greed. Oh yeah, consuming greed. Yep. Yeah, consuming greed. It's a four shadow two one with flying. It's a nightmare, and uh, you can sacrifice a relic on summon to play a six four rust fiend. Uh, is that good for you guys? Yeah, that's that'll do. That'll be great. Underappreciated intern. Take five. Okay. So Amberlock is good with that, <laughs> and. Um, and, you know, uh, Lethal Lobotomy and any other card that sacrifices a Relic because you've already drawn a card off of it. Um, it, It's not a good tempo card, and I think one of the reasons that I undervalued it originally was that the format felt so fast, like Fire was so strong, um, and, and like, decks like Rakano and Stonescar killed you so quickly that it felt like taking a taking a turn to to use two power to draw another card and do literally nothing was generally a bad uh, a bad look um, but then I, I I the first time I really noticed the card I was playing against somebody who had at least four of them in their deck and I realized that I was just gradually getting ground out um, by card advantage and uh, that's obvious it's printed on the card that it gives you card advantage but um, I just realized that there, like, not every game was about tempo in this format. A lot of them are, but um, enough of them uh, are about card advantage. That having Amberlock in your deck is just is just purely like shrinking your deck so that you draw your better cards sooner. So anyway, just wanted to talk about that. I misevaluated the card at first, and now I think of it. Uh, I think it's much better. It's always sort of a safe pick if you'll know if you know you're in time. Because uh, at, at, at worst, it's a cantrip. You have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it also helps now that uh, the pack order is switched and there are a bunch of sort of Relic Matters cards in the first pack. Yeah. So then, Oh, yeah, playing this if you have like a Lethrite Courtier on the board is amazing. Yeah. As compared to when it, you know, when the pack order was switched... I mean, there were both fewer uh, Relic Matters cards, but even then, it's just like, you're like, well, do I... <laughs> you're like spec-picking Amberlock, but now you can kind of pick these Relic Matter cards knowing that there's a card like Amberlock waiting for you in pack two and three. Yeah, it's. I guess the other one that's really easy to get value off of, uh, although I don't think it's quite as good as Amberlock in this situation, would be... Uh, the Medbot station uh, that makes two two little Renadins that gain you three life apiece, because sacrificing that is also fine, although then you're just, you know, all you got was a 1-1, one, one, but still. Um, but it's interesting picking up uh, uh, picking up a, a Consuming Greed or a, or a Lobotomy and then actively looking for Amberlock, because now it's the best card you can see in the pack. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, and I mean, there's those obvious ones, but even like, you know, in Elysian, if you're playing turn two Amber Lock, turn three, the three, three flyer, you know, like that's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good card. Um, it's got Pledge. <laughs> yeah, a, a, I think it's a, a Cantha's Outrider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it does put you in the position where you need a card like Amber Lock or your deck is not going to function at all. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's nice to see a card that's just sort of like, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's nice to see a card sort of shift its function over the course of a format because now there's cards there are cards like greed and outrider uh kicking around and before it was just sort of like well it's good slow card advantage and occasionally it will synergize with something but now it's sort of actively good if you're building that deck which is you know a nice a nice character arc for a card yeah so uh, my card of the week this week is uh, is kind of a twofer. It's a Grizzly Contest, which is the three Shadow Shadow uh, fast spell that has revenge, and it says sacrifice a unit to kill a unit. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't say those exact words, but you know you get the drift. And uh, combust, which is the slow spell, and it's one Stone Scar. And it's sacrifice a unit to kill a unit. And um, there was a, a bit of discussion on a, a debate about uh, about these two cards. Um, and it was uh, based on Abednego s- saying they ran a combust over a grizzly contest in a, um, of a stone scar deck splashing primal. And uh, was wondering whether that was a, a mistake or not. And I actually had just done a similar thing in uh, in my seven O deck, which was a three faction um, FJS deck. I had two combusts and a grizzly contest. I decided to cut the grizzly contest. This was sort of cheating because I just stuck it in the market, but um, I decided to run the two combusts just because um for me it was the double shadow for the grizzly contest sort of put it put it put it over the edge of i would rather have the combust as as a single fire single shadow instead of grizzly contest of the double shadow yeah that makes sense i think that even even without influence considerations that combust is a better card than grizzly contest um i would rather run it most of the time it's close because grizzly contest is fast and so you can do some pretty mean things um by uh, like you know sacrificing something in in response to removal or sacrificing something mid-combat so that makes grizzly contest feel more powerful but it also costs three times what combust does and it has it, it is sometimes awkward. It, Grizzly contest is awkward often enough that I would prefer to have a combust almost every time if I'm just building a deck and I don't I'm not, I'm not worrying about the influence cost of either card. Mm-hmm. Um, Grizzly contest is more powerful, but also there definitely are times when you cast it and now you're in this position where you don't want to sacrifice something else and you don't know when you're going to draw the second 
uh, casting of the card. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I would like to dig deeper into what you're saying about awkwardness. Um, do you do you mean that sort of second trigger of it being more awkward or do you, do you more mean the sort of the front side, the three cost? Uh, it's mostly, mostly the fact that it's a revenge spell and that yeah. you can't predict when it's going to, um, when it's going to function. And, but also it is a pretty severe, uh, influence cost, you know, you like it is it, it like, a double influence cost on a three power card means that you'll you're rarely playing it on curve. In Grizzly Contest, you don't want to play on curve usually because you're uh, because it's you know you don't have much on the board by the time you reach three power, and you don't want to get rid of your only thing, obviously. But uh, I don't know. It does mean that you have to. Um, it's 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 uh, it's a card that you have that you don't want to be worrying about whether you're going to be able to cast your removal and so grizzly contest you have to have the influence when you need it you know and so your deck has to be pretty strongly shadow you can't just sort of like plunk a grizzly contest in a deck that isn't mainly shadow I don't I guess you're not gonna um, usually uh, depending on what what call what uh, what factions are making influence in the particular uh, draft format you're playing uh, grizzly contest might uh, you shadow might be the best um source of things to sacrifice uh but it's not always true anyway uh basically what i'm saying is that combust is uh costs one and grizzly contest costs three and that is a huge dis- difference so yeah. i put grizzly contest in my market in this format a lot and had a lot of success doing that because it's such an odd card that I don't necessarily want to just be sitting with it in my hand. I, I'm more comfortable going and fetching it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I am with uh, Grizzly Contest too. I know it's it is and is viewed as like an incredibly powerful card, and like you said, the the fast speed nature of it allows you to have really like much bigger blow. It has much bigger blowout potential in a sense, than Combust does. Um, but it it also just asks so much more of you and in things that you can't necessarily, you know, predict. Like, you, you need more than just one throwaway unit. You need two throwaway units. And then sometimes you just don't draw your units or whatever, no yeah. matter how many use stuff in a deck yeah it just it just puts pressure on your game state um you know you have to and what i think the thing with grizzly contest the it is that when it's when it's at its very best uh it feels amazing um and i think that can sort of warp a uh warp people's perception of a card uh because when it does have that kind of blowout potential then it can feel like, oh, I want to, I want to do that again. Um, but it does take sort of prime conditions to make that happen. Also, like Grizzly Contest, if you are, if you're sort of aware of it as one of the tricks that you might be playing against, doesn't get you as hard. Like it, once you have your opponent on Grizzly Contest, it's not as like you're very unlikely to get blown out by it because you're not gonna. Uh, spend a removal spell on something at the wrong time 
um, it's it's uh, there there definitely are board states where like you have a send to market and you need to get rid of something and you know they're going to grizzly contest it in response. Um, but then they're still grizzly contesting one of their largest units to kill one of yours because that's what you're sent to marketing it. And so that's not the worst thing if you sort of run a cost benefit analysis and and you're like, well, uh, I'm not getting card advantage here, but I am making them use their grizzly contest in a way that they definitely didn't want to. Yes. Because like yeah. with any trick, you can't make them not have it in their hand, but you can make them use it in a, in a suboptimal way. And the other thing I kind of wanted to bring up is with the the influence cost, like especially if you if you're dra- sort of in relationship to our last episode, you know, if you're drafting a three, four, five faction deck, um, just another thing to keep in mind is a double influence card is almost like in extra color if you're trying to play a, a lot of different colors you know like if you're playing an fjs deck um so a three color deck and you have um fire and shadow and then you have a banner man you know if you have a double shadow card you have to then decide are you getting the second shadow or are you getting the justice you know so in as compared to if everything was single faction you would know exactly what to get there you'd get the justice yeah. Um, yeah. When you when you when you write out uh, like what influence your deck requires in order to be able to play all of its cards, adding a new adding a new letter um, is is one thing. But then adding a second uh, <laughs> a second S in there is still adding another letter to the list of things. Uh, so, yeah, um, it, and it the makes more it... different letters you have, the harder the second letter gets to do. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's complicated. But of course, you know, if you're just playing straight, mainly shadow and you have a bunch of tokens to sacrifice, then Grizzly Contest is awesome. Uh, It's just I don't think that that's an easy deck to build in this format. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought it was a pretty interesting discussion on the on the discord about whether which card is better and when you should play which and i think our thoughts align pretty well on on it yeah. that uh combust has just felt a little better to me recently i've been i think part of it is i've been my unit count has been a little lower recently i've been playing uh, a little bit more colors recently and so sort of the consistency of combust I have appreciated more than the the high end that Grizzly Contest represents. Yeah. Cool. All right. And so we'll move on to our next topic, uh, which is the seven win run breakdown. Uh, this is our longstanding data collection project here at Farming Eternal, um, where you can send in your seven win uh, drafts to farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them to the seven win channel of the farming eternal discord in either exported deck list or any kind of eternal work cry link and then um, you get a shout out for for doing it you get um, kudos on the discord because people really like to look at the list and uh, a lot of people write little write-ups about them so it's a lot of fun there uh, sometimes i uh, do some analysis of that uh, that 
time is not this time, but I, I will shout out everyone who did submit a list this week. So we really appreciate it. So uh, that is Abinego, Alabazoo, uh, Apolloon, Beardbroken, Cotillion, Psychologist, Darth Herman 2, D-Dub, Disc Golf Dan, FS Forward Sound, Full Robot, Gato Sujo, Gunner 116, Hats on Lamps, Honky, um, Ip Long No, Jed the Hamrid, John Avon, John Holio, Meadow, Out on a Limb, Patomaro, Steve Irwin, Tempest Dragon King, Vader, and who does that? Thank you very much. All right, so you ready for this five color draft? That you promised yes, that this is definitely going to be a five color draft because I have control over what we open. Yep. And then uh, hopefully, even, we'll even on get... your account, <laughs> hopefully, we'll get a 7 2 and it'll send me into another spiral of depression. We'll see how this goes. Hailspin. Yeah. There's no possible good outcome, basically, is what we're saying. <laughs> All right, and we'll just, uh, you know, initializing some data here. Initializing. Initializing. Here we go. So we have opened, um, we've opened a rare shapeshifter's mask. Uh, that's the three primal weapon. At the end of your turn, transform the wielder into a random unit that costs one more. Uh, it gives plus one, plus one. Our uncommons are Seed of Impulse, that's the Fire Time one. A Common Cause, uh, which gives you an influence of your choice if you have two units in your hand that share a type. And a Bottoms Up, that's the one fire fast spell. Give a unit plus two strength this turn, and you, uh, you can amplify it for two to give another unit, or oh, actually any unit, uh, plus two strength this turn. Uh, so good game-ending spell there. Uh, commons... Let's see. I'm going to just read the ones that are sort of uh, possibilities as first picks in a vacuum. There's Spore Breath, which is uh, three shadow, give an enemy unit minus one, minus one for each unit in your void. There's a Serene Excavator. That's a one-two flyer for three time uh, that gets plus one, plus one if it has a Sentinel ally. And then the Token of Menace, which gives fire, primal, or shadow and comes into play depleted. I think those are all of our considerations. There's Back Alley Bouncers, 4-3 for 4 in Shadow, but I don't think you first pick that very often. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is probably a pretty easy Shapeshifter's Mask. That can, card can uh, do very powerful things. I guess so. I haven't seen it in play very often. Uh, I guess in theory it can do very powerful things, but I ha I don't think of it as a strong enough card that I, I want the card disadvantage of uh, possibly having that unit killed. Uh, but we can go ahead and take it. Um, I, I would say that I, I really like a bottoms up, uh, so I, I would usually take that here, I think. Um, huh. But Shapeshifter's yeah. Mask is certainly a more interesting card. Yeah, I, I guess I think of Shapeshifter's Mask as sort of a, a bomb. It's It's hmm. like a because it turns your unit into a must kill, you are getting two for one, but it uh, it doesn't take long for your unit for, for it to spiral out of control. I guess so. Uh, I, you know, I like you don't get the summon abilities from the new unit, right? 
Um, so you're just sort of hoping that it will turn into something with flying, I guess? Yeah, but it's getting bigger every time. M- most of the time, sure. Okay. Uh, and I, I suppose at, at some point it will just become an 8-8? Or... Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. Uh, I would have to. I would have to see it work uh, because I, I'm pretty sure I've seen it in play a few times and it hasn't impressed me. Um, but we can go ahead and take it and and see see where it goes from here. If yeah. we were really I devoted, guess I considered to... it um, in in set four in Defiance when it came out. Mm-hmm. It felt like a bomb in that format to me. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna take it here. I mean, uh, my my other PSA for this uh, pack is Spore Breath. Is uh, I always forget that that's a permanent minus one minus one. It doesn't go away at the end of the turn. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, that was it. It was a decay card before decay existed. Also, it uh, bypasses regen, which is one of the reasons it's good now. Yes, and there's so many ways to self mill in this format. That's true. Um, okay, so here we've got uh, another pack, which is much more interesting, I think. Um, the rare is Genev Merchant. That's the 2-3 for 3 Primal. Um, it has Aegis, and uh, it's just one of the original merchants. You choose a card from your hand to swap with a Primal card in your market. There's a Seed of Fury. That's the Fire Primal one. There's a Makeshift Barrier, the 0-5 um, with Endurance, that can transform into a 2-2 if you pay 3, and then transform back. Um, you, we have a Skycrag Wivark that is the three-three with flying and killer for five primal primal. There's a corrosive dagger that's the fire weapon that creates a bunch of little grenadines depending on how much fire influence you have. A horn of plenty gives your units plus one plus one um, for five time. It's a token of creation that's the fire time justice one. A primal symbol, a wandering forge the four-two for four fire. Um, Thoughts? I think I take the Genev Merchant here. I would agree. Yeah, if we were really pushing for five color, then we might take the Seed of Fury here, but I guess the uh, Merchant's probably better anyway, even in five color. Um, and we do have the Shapeshifter's Mask, which is great on Genev Merchant because it's small for its cost. So it's a great thing to upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, that's another good point in favor of Shapeshifter's Mask. Because like, there's just like a lot of crappily statted primal units in it's this true. game. Yeah, it sounds like a really good position to be in, is to play a bunch of bad, badly statted units and then hope to improve them. Yeah, so we'll take the Gen Ed Merchant going with that plan. We could also put the Shapeshifter's Mask in the market uh, and, and get it, if we get more than one... Um, uh, way of accessing a primal market and uh, and be able to use our our bomb weapon more uh, more often. Anywho, uh, this next pack has an insistent automaton. That's the four five for four time, um, and it uh, on summon you put one of your other units into your hand. There's a haunting scream, and that's where you uh, play a unit from your void, give it charge and flying, and then sacrifice it. There's the Acanthus Outrider we were talking about before. 3-3 three, three for 6 that only costs 3 if you have a Relic in play. There's a Devour. Um, there's a Lethrite Courtier. That's the 0-3 for 2-time uh, Shadow when you play a Relic. Draw the top power card of your deck. Uh, a Rampage. 
Um, that's the plus three, plus one, and overwhelm fast spell for two in fire. A power breach sentinel. Uh, five, six for six. Uh, that uh, plays power cards from your deck when it attacks. There's a Valkyrie Denouncer. This is a pretty strong pack in general. Um, Valkyrie Denouncer is a three, three with flying and revenge. Uh, for five, Justice Shadow. Uh, and then there's also an Armed and Dangerous and a Silverwing Purge Leader, but I think those are weaker than the other cards. Yes. Yeah, this is a pretty strong pack. I think the um, the Primal card, the Asantha's Outriders, uh, sort of down, lower on my list of power, though it's not necessarily a bad card. Um, it's not a bad I, card, I but like it's not this. exciting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I th- I like an insistent automaton. That's kind of like a card that I, yeah. I like. <laughs> I think it's yeah no, it's strong. Um, it's very it's just huge for its cost. Although in a land of five fives, it's not quite as impressive. But um, but it does it, it does play well with the merchant that we just picked up. You know, you can just getting a merchant back into your hand and then using it again is fine. Um, I think there's enough uh, early units that have some ability or another that it's not too much of a disadvantage to put one of your units back into your hand. So, um, and then it kind of dominates the board if there isn't something, if there isn't an early 5-5 out there. So, yeah, we can pick up Automaton. I think it's the card with the most raw power here. Yeah, I I agree. Um, You know, like, there's a card like Power Breach Sentinel, but that's double time. I'm more hesitant than usual to be picking those early. I haven't been impressed with Power Breach Sentinel in this format. It's just not a kind format to six drops. Uh, you yeah. really need to to get things going bef- before then, and you're not ramping up to a, a larger thing usually. Uh, so in this next pack, we've got another Haunting Scream. Uh, there's a Razor Lash. That's the 1-5 Relic Weapon with Decay and Plunder for 3 Shadow Shadow. Uh, there's a Wretched Raven. That's the three Primal Shadow, one four with flying, and when it attacks, your opponent discards the top two cards of their deck. That's uh, kind of it for good cards. There's a Beseech the Throne. That's uh, the neutral card that draws a card and then plunders for two. Um, and then there's just a sort of a bunch of junk. Maimed Watchwing, Mandrake Shambler, Vine Petal, Vine Petal Creeper. Uh, Watchwing... Uh, does find its way into a lot of decks these days because uh, it is a two-three flyer in the right deck um, and doesn't need to block. But I don't think you want to pick them up this early. Yeah, I I agree. I'm kind of leaning towards Wretched Raven here. Yeah, Wretched Raven is fine. It's a strong card in general. Um, I think there's a couple of payoffs for it um but only in the in the draft packs you know ma- huge mandrakes that come down as your finishers it's hard to put together an actual mill deck but wretched raven does activate your um your one drop mandrakes uh the um yeah dark water what, vines dark water vines yeah it, it activates your dark water vines so yes uh, and i that. mean it does also help um uh, you know, turn on the <laughs> the six cost Mandrake, right? Um, right. Spore Spitter. It turns on Spore Spitter. It turns on Rosebloom Mandrake. The six six overwhelm that costs two if your opponent has ten 
uh, cards in their yeah. void. Also, Wretched Raven just sort of generally interferes with your opponent's revenge and war cry cards. Um, so it's I, I, I'm usually it's it's a huge target for removal. You know, if it just exists. Yeah, and like uh, this is not, I think, a great a great pack. So no, no, it's weak. That's why you know, like I the think this, Razor the Lash is okay, is but that's Lash. double shadow. It's yeah. funny the fact that I'm not really considering Beseech the Throne. You know, I Beseech the Throne was a card that I went up and down on a lot in the last format, but now I'm not really excited about it <laughs> again. I think one of the reasons is that the plunder cards now are so much better. Like there's a, like a lot of cards that are ju- that do something and plunder, so Beseech the Throne doesn't really do anything anymore that other yes. cards can't do. Yeah, I, yeah I, I agree with that assessment. So we'll take the Wretched Raven? Let's do it. Okay, this next pack has a Sandstorm. That's a, the two-time fast spell units can't fly this turn and draw a card. It's never worse than a cantrip. Uh, there's an Essence Feast. Uh, that's a card with a lot of text on it. But that's the one, uh, that's the Feln card. Two, two Primal Shadow, deal one damage to each unit. Uh, it has Life Steal if your opponent has 10 or more cards in their void. And it is deadly when they have 20 or more. There's a Gun Rustler, which I'd really like to play in a deck in this format, but I haven't had just the right timing yet. <laughs> um, that's the 4-2 for 6 Shadow Shadow, and when you summon it, uh, it steals all weapons from an enemy unit. Um, I don't think this is the right format for it. There's not enough weapons people are playing on them, but it sure is fun when it works. Uh, so there's a Kosul Recruit. That's the 3-3 three, three, um, for 3 Justice with Pledge. And then, let's see, there's a shadow symbol, a token of ambition, that's Fire Justice Shadow. And uh, then there's a Wanderlust Kieran and a Mandrake Shambler. I've seen people play a Wanderlust Kieran against me, but it's I think it's hard enough to make muster work that it's not something that yeah, to actively I'm, I'm try to do. Yeah, I'm Wanderlust Kieran. No, no, no. Um, yeah, there's this nothing... is interesting. I, You know, the nice thing about Gun Rustler in possibly in this format uh is just that there's so much market access and gun rustler is i think a, a pretty good market card even though there's not a lot of weapons in this format yeah, it's it just is. like a situational card that can do very powerful things and uh and the fact that you could have so many ways to access it uh could be interesting but i don't think we're going to take it here there's pack doesn't really have anything for us like even the token is barely touching cards we have because we don't have any fire or justice cards i know we were hoping to do five color but i don't like i don't think picking up a handful of tokens in the first pack is enough to justify that and like we're deep enough into the pack and it's not looking like we're going to get a whole ton of fixing uh, where it might be just be the token of ambition is like our only fixing at the end of this pack, and then it's hardly going to do anything. So I wouldn't pick it up here. Um, right, but what are you taking instead then? I actually think Coastal Recruit is a good card. Uh, I think Pledge is an underrated ability. Um, and then the other consideration, I guess, would be Essence Feast, but it's not. Essence Feast isn't great. Yeah. No, I agree that I I like Coastal Recruit fine as a card. I guess I consider it sort of at replacement level, though. So I think I would probably take the token here. Um, 
over it, but I can also see taking the Coastal Recruit. I think it, it, yeah, it's a fine card that I'm happy to have in my deck, so. Yeah, um, I, just because the, just because I think in this format, um, you can end up, if, if your deck doesn't develop a strong direction pretty early on, you can end up a little short on playables, and so then you end up playing these uh, replacement cards because you don't have a replacement for them. So it's okay to pick them up. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe I'm a little bit more down on tokens and I always have been than a lot of folks. Uh, I don't think the versatility that they give you uh, justifies the fact that they always slow you down, um, especially mm-hmm. if you don't have a specific purpose for them. And And, and obviously in this deck so far we don't. Okay. So you you want to take the coastal recruit? I would I would recommend the recruit. Yeah, uh, we might not end up playing justice, but if we do, we're probably playing the card. So I just don't think there's a stronger option here. So uh, in this next pack, there's uh, a dark blade cut purse. That's the two fire fire two one with overwhelm, and it has uh, a bonus to its strength equal to your shadow influence. There's a seat of glory, a shiny one uh, that gives fire and justice influence. A wisdom of the elders, which draws two cards. Um, for three uh, primal primal a token of creation that's the fire time justice one and then there's a primal symbol a shadow symbol and a centaur outrider I don't think the the symbols just aren't good in this format so I'm not surprised that the, no one's picking them up yeah so I guess this is between wisdom of the elders and seed of glory I, I would say so yeah um, hmm, I, seeing a seat this late makes me want to pick it up <laughs> but also <laughs> uh and uh, also seeing wisdom of the elders means primal is probably going to be relatively open uh for the rest of this pack and pack four uh if somebody didn't take didn't first pick the genev merchant out of the out of um that that uh out of our second pack they're probably going to let any other primal card go too yeah i agree so what's that? What's that I mean th- practically, though? I think I think we're okay taking wisdom of the elders, even if, though it betrays our um, our five color attempts completely here. It does betray our five color completely. So we're just going all in on primal then. Yeah, and then we'll try to, and then we'll, and then we'll try to be open enough to see what we're actually pairing it with in the second pack. So here we have. Uh, this will help actually. I like this pick a lot. Um, in our, uh, we have a bunch of commons that are all nonsense, and then a seat of order, which is the uh, justice primal one. And we take the seat of order, right? I would think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that helps us out a lot. Uh, I don't know if we'll be playing justice, but it does give us the option. So uh, this pack has uh, Badlands Survivalist, uh, the one-one for one fire uh, with a surge ability. The top unit of your deck gets plus. Strength equal to Badlands Survivor's Strength. There's a Ghost Form. That's the shadow spell that gives a unit lifesteal and unblockable for a turn. There's a Gravewatch Ancestor. Uh, the 2-3 three for 3 time with the ultimate ability. Pay 6 to give Gravewatch Ancestor Strength and Health equal to the highest health among units in your Void. And uh, Yeti Traditionalist. The 3-3 three, three for 4 Primal Primal with Overwhelm and a Muster ability that gives it plus 2, plus 2. And in case you've forgotten what muster is, uh, you got to play a 
an attachment and a spell in the same turn. Yeah. Yeah, so and I then, think this is a Greywatch Ancestor. I think so too. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's a little late for Gravewatch Ancestor, and time's not strong in this format, but you know, if it's completely open, then might as well pick up cards in it. Um this this pack, uh this 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 uh pack with four cards left in it has a fire etchings. That's the market access card that draws a fire sigil from your deck. Uh Bouldergate Guard, there's the zero three for one justice with flying. It gets plus two strength when there's a stunned unit on the board, and it has plunder. There's a disappear is six and quadruple time to put a unit on the bottom of its owner's deck. Very awkward removal and a Xenon Cup Bearer, the two four for four time shadow with life steal. I don't know if there's a clear pick here. What's it between for you? I think uh, I'm right now. Oh, it's tough. I, I can see arguments for Boulder Gate Guard disappear and Zenon Cup Bear, to be honest. Yeah, I I agree. I think <sighs> I think disappears I don't know, lowest on my list. We haven't seen a time symbol yet. I don't know. Um it would be and I feel like you really want a yet. symbol in order to play a disappear. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, we also haven't seen cards like Seek Power and uh, Bannerman that uh, that make it easy to, yeah. to do doubles of whatever you happen, or quadruples of whatever you happen to need. And then if we had taken more fixing, I would be leaning towards Xenon Cupbearer. Yeah, we haven't, I mean, we could have, like, the, yeah. We haven't, I don't think we saw a single card that fixed Xenon specifically, though. No, we haven't. But I guess I would just... If we had, for example, that token that we passed, the FJS token, and uh, the uh, and the Rakano, um, ban- the Rakano seat, then I would be like, oh, well, we're just trying to draft five colors, so we'll sure. just, like, take... I, we certainly could have aggressively been trying to actually draft five color. <laughs> and then yeah, but, uh, but I better. guess I just mean is like, then I would be like, hey, we haven't seen a specific Xenon fixing, but like, this is our plan. Okay. Um, but which I, and I think, uh, you know, because I do like Cup Bearer, I think better than Boulder Gate Guard, but I, I'm leaning towards Boulder Gate Guard just because. Right now, the colors we have the most of are Fire and Primal, which do have a soldier theme. So, Boulder Gate and therefore work with Justice, both of them. So, I think we might as well take the Bird Soldier. Yeah, let's do that. We can do that. Um, also, there's a there's, there might be a stun theme going on if we end up in Who Rule, even though we don't have anything directly supporting it right now. So, I think that's fine. All right, so we've got a Boulder Gate guard now. Uh, this next pack has a mass intimacy. Uh, that's a four primal primal spell. Transform a unit into a 1 1 humbug with flying uh, and amplify four to transform an additional unit into a 1 1 humbug with flying. There's a shadow symbol and a wandering forge. Yeah, I guess we just take the mass entomancy. It can go in our so. market. Yeah, it can go in our market. I think it's a good market card, actually. Just sort of a last-ditch way of, uh, of of getting rid of a problem. Uh, so, And then the next uh, pick is uh, Wanderlust, Kirin, or Primal Symbol. Um, 
so let's see. We do have the wisdom of the elders. That's that requires double influence, and uh, now the mass intimacy. Uh, I'm sort of inclined to take the wanderlust, Kieran. Though. Oh really? I'm, yeah. I would personally lean towards primal symbol, just because. Uh, yeah, we do have we do have the double primal, and a lot of cards are double primal primal has a lot of double primal cards. That's true. Yeah, we're probably and not ending we up. We currently with a Kirin. don't have a way to trigger Wonderless Kirin. That's true. Most of the ways the good ways to trigger muster are in the are in set ten though, so in packs two and three. Uh things like uh Okessa's audience and Cobra Gear. Um otherwise there's not really much out there. Yeah, I agree. I guess I was thinking mostly <laughs> we don't have two changey sticks, for example. That's true. We don't have changing sticks. Although that is a very expensive way to trigger muster. It's really a bonus after because change once you get up to seven power and use changing stick, then you don't care if you have muster or not because you won the game. Yeah, but we can take primal symbol. You're right that there are a lot of good um, a lot of the good primal cards require two primal influence, and we're not we're, we're almost certainly not playing the Kirin, and so the symbol is more likely to make our deck. Uh, and then the last pick is Gun Rustler. So let's see if we can pick up a, a, a way to access a shadow market. <laughs> so this next pack is packed. Do we want to run down what we actually have? Let's do it real quick. Uh, we have a Boulder Gate Guard, Grave Watch Ancestor, Genev Merchant, Kosul Recruit, Wretched Raven, Insistent Automaton, uh, Shapeshifter's Mask, Wizards of, Wisdom of the Elders, Primal Symbol, and Seed of Order. Uh, and then uh, a gun rustler and a mass intimacy. So really, uh, the only thing we know is that we don't have any fire cards. Yes. But we this, did pick up that way to get a, a gun rustler. We, we, we might. Yeah, that's one of the cards that we have here. There is a vine grafter in this pack. Uh, they're the rarest customs officer. That's the four three. Uh, when you for uh, it costs four time primal. When you summon it, you put an enemy unit into the owner's market, and when customs officer dies, that unit's owner plays it from their market, so it comes back. Uh, there's also in this pack uh, an air support. That's the three two for six justice justice. Play a random soldier. Um. What else is there? There's Amberlock. Put a shapeshifter's mask on. That's true. Yeah, it gets real big real fast. Um, there's a there's 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 an Amberlock like we were talking about. Uh, there's a replicated cell sword. That's the two one regen uh, for three uh, neutral. It has plunder. Uh, probably picking up either the Vinegraft or the Customs Officer here, though. I would think. Yeah, I think we take the customs officer, right? It's. I think so. Yeah, I think there we've already. I think the strongest cards we have are Elysian right now, and customs officer is one of the best rares for that. Yeah, plus, and plus you put a shapeshifter's mask on goes it. well with customs officer, and shapeshifter's mask goes well it with does. customs officer. Yeah, yeah, automaton. So, uh, in case in case you haven't seen this interaction, customs officer only gives the unit back when it dies so if you transform it or get it or bring it back to your hand with a teleport effect uh then the then then the unit it removed is in the market for good um so yeah it's actually quite strong with what we have so far so i think it's a slam dunk next pack uh the rare is the, uh, 
D'Angelo Strongarm. The 4-1 for 3 fire. Uh, when it dies, play an urn of choking embers on the enemy player. So all of their units come into play exhausted. Uh, then there's a power cell. That's the little 2-2. Um, oh, yeah, it's a 2-2 now. They changed it. Uh, it's for pra- little practice praxis sentinel card. Uh, there's a cast out, put an enemy unit into its own, owner's hand uh, for one time and uh, exhaust a soldier to play a... It's just too complicated. <laughs> you, t- you exhaust your soldiers when you play cast out to make a sentinel. And the more soldiers you exhaust, the larger the sentinel is. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? There's an Okessa's audience. Uh, that's the uh, the one neutral relic. Some on summon it plunders, and then you pay two to sacrifice it to create and draw a five five sentinel, which also costs five. Then there's a send to market. Uh, there's all. Uh, I think that's it. Those are the relevant cards. We have uh, send to market. Okessa's audience. I don't think the power cell is something that we're looking for here. Although it's no. sort of cute to play automaton after power cell because it would make it would make the power cell bigger and then allow you to play it again to get another um, to get another power burst. But boy, that seems like a complicated way to live your life. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah. For me, it's between Okasa's audience and send to market, uh, and I'm leaning towards the Okasa's audience here. So am I. Yeah, Sent to Market does cost two justice. It's one of the best removal spells in this format, if not the best. But uh, it does cost five and is double influence. And Okessa's audience makes everything else run smoother. So Yes. And I've run into the problem uh, of recently of playing Send to Markets because it's a so powerful, such a powerful card but sort of not almost as a splash, and the double justice has just been killer. Yeah, I don't think... It, if we're if we're forced to splash justice, then uh, I don't think Santa Mark is a great pick. But if it turns out that justice is super open in this direction, uh, then we're just going to go ahead and pick those up and then splash some, and then decide that either time or primal is our splash, because that would be a smarter direction to go. Um, here, in this pack uh we have a rare which is kudzu's technique uh that's a that's the modular um mandrake spell it's one time shadow and you can either silence each enemy with flying or give one of your mandrakes plus two plus two and deadly this turn or create and draw a random mandrake we don't have any mandrakes yet right no um there's a grub bot that's the uh that's the that's a very grenadine focused skycrag card there's a Goliath flytrap. Fly it's four time time for a 3-5 with plunder on summon. Uh, and its ultimate ability is at the start of your turn, play silence. Uh, so it's a delayed silence effect. Other cards are uh, Oni Hybrid. That's, a, that's your 3-1 flyer that gets a weapon back from your void and fire. There's a Frostbite. Um, that's a 3 primal to stun an enemy unit and amplify 2 to deal 1 damage. There's a let's see. There's another replicated cell sword, an unexpected arrival, uh, which is a card that a lot of people are high on, but is never good for me. Where you give one of your units plus one plus one, a unit in your hand plus one plus one, and a unit in your market plus one plus one, and everything costs less by one. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't mind this card. It's I think it's fine if you're 
if you just need some interaction in your deck. Sure. Um, I think Goliath Flytrap is kind of a slam dunk here, though. I think it goes really well with a lot of what we're doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like Goliath Flytrap. Uh, the other interesting thing of note in this pack is that there are no Justice cards left. So someone took no. a Justice card in the first two picks. Definitely, they and did. And it wasn't so, so rare. Yeah, we're missing an uncommon and a common, so it's very likely that someone did pick up a send to market because that's a common that someone would uh, take this early. Yes. So we'll take the Goliath Flytrap. Goliath Flytrap uh, also uh, is another combination with Customs Officer because it can silence the officer once it's already on the board. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. The silence. I, I'm fairly sure silence functions on either um, either either player's units, right? Yeah, si yep, it's just silence, silence a unit. unit. So yeah, that's another way of breaking officer, um, as well as its normal use of being one of the few silence effects in the format. So uh, this next pack, the rare is tactical superiority, which kills each stunned enemy unit. It's a four primal primal card. And then you exhaust a soul. Uh, it's amplify is you exhaust any number of soldiers to draw that number of cards. Uh, then there's a speed grafter, a speed grafter. This is the two two uh, with charge for two time, and you pay three to swap a card from your hand for a time card in your market or a fact on this card in your market. And you give a unit in your in your hand plus one plus one in charge. Uh, there are some other cards here. Uh, let's see. Ghastly Perfume. Give one of your units killer and regen for two time. Or, sorry, two primal. The Sparking Vermin. Um, that's the 1-1 one, one Grenadine. When it dies, you play Snipe, which one, does one damage to anything. It costs one primal. There's a Malaga Munitions. If we were going to move into Thyre, I guess that would be an okay reason, but I don't think it's good enough over some of the cards that we have available in this pack. And there's a Sludge Blade. There's a fresh yep. recruit. And once uh, again, there's no justice card. So for me, no this is a card. pretty easy speed grafter. I think it's an easy speed grafter. We don't have any two drops, and all of the grafters are extremely good. Yeah. This is not... Um, I mean, vine grafter is extremely good, and then all of the others are very good. <laughs> so this next pack has Clear the Way, one of the weirdest darn cards in the dra in, in this format or any format. Um I'm not even going to... It costs nine, and it's, and it's in Combray. <laughs> okay, well, let me just say, yeah. clear the way uh, Roadmakers work really well with Shapeshifter's Mask. Oh, sure, yeah. They What are the, do they cost? Nine. What is their cost? Their cost is nine. Oh, well, that's pretty cute. If only we had more relics so it was actually castable. But yeah, yeah well, you're no, right. We'll just pick up, uh, you know, um, Amberlock's in pack three. That is what we will do. We'll pick up a ton of amber locks. <laughs> uh, so also there's a realign the stars. We don't have any other amplified cards at this point, do we? No, we do not. Okay, we won't consider realign the stars then. There's a gleaming grenadine. There's a. I guess we've seen a bunch of mediocre fire cards at this point. We have. I would describe uh, fire as mediocrely open. Right. So then there's a cobra gear um, that's play a. Uh, plus two strength Viper's Fang with Deadly on one of your units and Amplify three to play an additional one. So cost three for the first one and three for each additional one after that. Um, I'll, oh, you can't play them both on the same unit. That's funny. I never saw that before. 
you don't normally want to because you want to spread the deadly effect out, but you can't actually just like a space and then give all of your Cobra gear to the unblocked thing. That's not a play that's possible. I just never considered how that was impossible before. Other cards are restorative process, draw an attachment and a sentinel from your void for two time. Uh, Metabot Station, uh, Fresh Recruit, that's just a 2-1 one for 1, and uh, Mandrake Simulacre, a 3-3 three, three for 4 in uh, neutral factions that uh, has Decay, and you can pay 1 to Plunder. So, let's see, what are what is our um, what is our Sentinel situation? It's just Automaton at this point, right? Yeah, it's just Automaton at this point. And Okessa's Audience. Restorative Process is, of course, extremely good with Audience, but... Um, you also want to have more sentinels and attachments typically before you're actually going to play it. Yeah, I guess I would lean towards uh, the Mandrake Simulacra. Yeah. I think so. It's not a super great pick because we've already got three really good four drops, but it is a good card on its own. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, yeah. What would you lean towards here? I think I would lean towards the Mandrake as well. Uh, I'm just not happy about it. I would like to be able to say, oh, we've got enough. We're, our units are looking healthy. Let's pick up a Cobra gear so we have um, an, some interaction. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we have enough. I don't know. Um I don't really think that we have enough of a... I don't think we have a good enough curve, and we don't have any way of making multiple units, really, so... Yeah. I don't think the Cobra gear is in a good spot right now. All right, we'll take the Mandrake. Like, Cobra gear, you want to have small units that you can... Oh, we had the chance for the double clear the way deck. We certainly do. Uh, I don't... Although, clear the way is a card where it's actively worse the more copies you have. (laughs) Since you have to sacrifice... I'm just going to read it, just in case people don't have it in their heads. Nine time justice for a spell uh, that that plays two, three, six roadmakers. Roadmakers are a three, six with endurance, and when they make contact with the enemy player, you can play a sentinel from your hand for free. Uh, and then the amplify on it is to sacrifice a relic to play th- to pay three less for clear the way, so it's really unaffordable in limited unless you have some relics to sacrifice, uh, preferably not Okessa's audience, <laughs> which is the only relic that we have right now. I think yeah, I, you're happy to sacrifice Okessa's audience. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean certainly even paying six to play two, three, six roadmakers with endurance is, I think, pretty good. Yeah, no, it's not that. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, all right, so there's another cast out here. Uh, then there's uh, really just a bunch of junk and a ghastly perfume. Yes, I, I think we take the ghastly perfume. I think so, too. Uh, it goes well with Insistent Automaton because the unit that you get back will still have uh, Killer and Regen when you summon it again. That's good. Um and uh, we have a couple of big-ish units, including Automaton. Um, Simulacre is good with with, uh, with that, I guess. It's got Decay. Uh, this next pack has a Shadowfang Valkyrie, the 1-1 one, one Flyer and Shadow that can't block. Uh, an Inferno Dance, the Fire 
car, the fire car that can make multiple uh, reckless elementals, uh, depending on how much power you have. Another grub bot, uh, an exotic purchase. So that's the five primal relic. Uh, on summon, you draw a spell from your market, and then you pay five and sacrifice it to draw another spell from your market. Uh, I, I say found it's that... ridiculous that you can only draw a spell. Oh, sure. Yeah, you'd think that a card that's this expensive should also uh, have a lot more versatility, <laughs> is what you're saying? I will. I actually uh, I found this out because you had talked positively about it in the Five Color episode, so then I put it in a deck. And then I tried to get one of my units out of <laughs> out of my market and was yeah. Uh, yeah, it's sorely just not what disappointed. It not what it does. But it does get a spell uh, in any faction out of yeah, your market. No, that's, I, that's true. What it does, yeah. Uh, it's tough to build. Like, if you have other sort of more efficient market access, then purchase is a really, is a really tough sell because then you're fighting for market space. But... There's uh, there's times when I've had a bunch of sort of there's times when I've had a bunch of uh, conditional spells and then getting two of those is fine, but it's also your deck has to be very slow before purchase is good. Um, and uh, there's also uh, Mabeloft Elite. That's the two two for two primal uh, that gets plus one plus one for each time you amplify. And we still don't have any amplify cards, but Mabeloft Elite is a two drop. And we don't. We only have uh, one of those so far. Uh, so yeah, I think it's an easy Mabeloft delete for me. I think we don't so have too. any Amplify, but now we know to be on the lookout for Amplify. And people still like Mabeloft delete, so seeing one that late does indicate that Primal is basically open. Uh, and then in this next pack, there's only Elysian cards. So yes, uh, the we're probably in the right lane, more or less. Uh, the the remaining uncommon is stake out the a cursed relic for two time when five of the cursed players units die then you sacrifice a stake out to play three two one soldiers and amplify three give one of your units killer real awkward card but uh, sometimes it's good there's also a plated hook claw that's the three three for four primal that uh, has your spells used deal plus one damage there's a skyguard sentinel um, the 5-5 five, five for 6-time that has flying on the enemy turn. There's a battlefield chanter. Uh, the 3-2 three, for 3 that uh, gives all of your units plus 1, plus 1 for a turn when it comes into play. And then another frostbite. Um, so all of these cards are in our factions. So uh, it comes down to our preference. Yeah, this is tricky for me. Um... Skyguard Sentinel is kind of an interesting card to me because it's one of those cards where sometimes when my opponent plays it, it just completely stops whatever I'm doing. But then when it's in my deck, it oftentimes feels too slow to do anything. Yeah, and it's weirdly vulnerable to removal in this format because... um, because it does have flying, which seems like it should be an advantage, but people do play the uh, the one two soldier that does five damage to something with flying. Uh, so wind that channeler. kills wind channeler kills sentinel. Also, blackout the skies kills sentinel. Uh, there's a lot of just anti flying removal that just weirdly hits this five five blocker that's supposed to take over the game. Yes. So I guess. Yeah. So for me, it's between Skyguard Sentinel, 
Chanter, and Frostbite. Yeah, I think so. We don't have anything particularly to do with Hook Claw right now. Yeah. I mean, we um, don't have a lot of cheap drops for Chanter either, but it is nope. a three drop. I mean, and I don't particularly like Frostbite, but it, you know, if we do get more Mabel off deletes because Primal is open, it's a good card. Yeah, it's it, Frostbite's an okay card. It's not one of the strongest. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually leaning more towards the Skyguard Sentinel right now, even though we, I was just talking about all of the disadvantages of it. Um, it's because, you know, we have a ghastly perfume, so we want big units. Uh, we don't have, we don't have a super strong, like, we don't have any way of winning the game right now. I guess it's not really a way of winning the game because it's just a 5-5. Five five. Uh, we're going to have to look for other ways to win the game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and not that we have any, like, really... We don't have any really expensive cards, but we already have four four drops, which makes yeah, me feel like we're not looking for expensive cards. No, that's true. Mediocre expensive cards? I don't know. Well, all right. Um, in that case, I think we're probably just looking at Chanter. So uh, in order to make sure that we have enough units to fill out our curve. Yeah. All right. I'm not like excited about that either, but I, I think... I think I think if uh, let let's just say that we get into we that we do end up with a little bit of uh, an Elysian deck. Chanter generally is pretty good in it because you'll end up like if we get uh, any send for the reserves, Chanter is good with that. Um, if yeah. we get any, I, I guess we're not likely to end up with any flyers, but it's fine. I'm not crazy about that pick. Um, so here we've got. Uh, in this next pack, we have Hookblade Infuser. That's a shadow card um, and a bad one. Oh, <laughs> it's it really hurts to lose to Hookblade Infuser, but sometimes that happens uh, because someone will have picked uh, won't have any other finishers, so they'll play Infuser, and then you get slowly beaten to death by an extremely inefficient card in the air. All right, I've complained enough. So then there's also Pesky Wire Chewer and Flame Spewer in the mediocre fire card department and a restorative process, uh, which we've talked about earlier. Uh, we still only have Insistent Automaton and Audience as uh, as Sentinels to get back, but uh, I think that's enough considering it's the yeah, only playable card. Let's take the and process. we have Speed Grafter to put it in the market. That's true. We could always we could always fetch it out of the market. Um, and then here we've got another restorative process: a hoarding builder and a shock troops. Uh, let's just take the, another process, I guess. Yeah. What did he say? Sorry. Uh, I guess let's just take another restorative process, and on the off chance that we end up in a deck where it's really good, otherwise oh, we'll play one of them in the market. The shock troops. We can take <laughs> the shock troops. Great. Sure, we can take the Shock Troops. Then it'll be our third Justice card. I guess there's a chance that we would end up Combray and then splash some of these time cards. I think that's the most likely thing if we ended up playing the Shock Troops. So yeah, go ahead, pick up the Shock Troops. Yeah. Uh, this next pack has a Stalking Cyber Fang, which we're taking, and an Arms Race. And another Arms Race. Uh, so now our are the third clear the way but before we get to this next pack is uh it's uh 
we, we have in our pool um, Mavaloft Elite, Speed Grafter, Battlefield Chanter, Gravewatch Ancestor, Genev Merchant, Stalking Cyberfang, Customs Officer, Goliath, Flytrap, Insistent Automaton, Mandrake, Simulacre, uh, Okessa's Audience, Shapeshifter's Mask, Ghastly Perfume, Restorative Process, Wisdom of the Elders, and then a Primal Symbol uh, and a Seat of Order. And then the cards we're currently not looking at in our deck are Boulder Gate Guard, Shock Troops, Coastal Recruit, Wretched Raven, Gun Rustler, Arms Race, and Mass Intimacy. Um, so, uh, we're, we've got a, sort of a mediocre um, Elysian deck here with a, a handful of really good potential um, Yeah, I think synergies. it's not... not- Due to no fault of her own, it's not a very focused Elysian deck. You know, like we're missing, we, we don't have a ton of power here, no. but our colors are open. So we just got to, I think, hope that we get the cards <laughs> that we want. I think we've hardly seen anything go by that, that told us, hey, this other color would be better to be in. No. Um, so here there's a, there's a for... clear the way is the rare. What? I said, except for our third clear the way. Yeah, we could have three clear the ways and only one relic at this point if we wanted. That would be quite the deck. We probably wouldn't want to play any other cards except for sigils at that point. Um, <laughs> just relics and three clear the ways and just hope for the best. Um, any expensive sentinels that we happen to have. Uh, and any any and shapeshifters mask, of course, to transform the clear the ways into whatever costs ten. Yeah, so sounds like a duck. That's a deck. That's certainly a deck. I can't argue with that. Uh, then there's another grub bot. I think we could have also uh, made a deck that was just grub bots. And then there's a vicious overgrowth. Uh, that's uh, deal three damage for two primal with overwhelm, and then amplify two to add a random primal card to your market. Uh, there's uh, explosive potentials, uh, awkward card in shadow. And then in the commons, there's another send to market. There's a Mabeloft Elite, a Cobra Gear. Um, and I think those would be the main considerations. But I think Vicious Overgrowth is a real gift right now. Yeah, I think it's good. It's some interaction, which we're sort of a little late on. It adds primal cards to our market. We have a way to access primal market. And we would like an Amplify card for Mabeloft Elite. So it's really pretty ideal. This next pack, uh, the uncommons are Forbidden Tree. That's the 6-3 with Berserk and Regen uh, for 6 Primal Primal. And an Amplify 1, give an enemy unit reckless until your next turn, which forces them to attack. There's a Deathwing. Uh, that's the uh, Argentport Flying Deadly Lifesteal 2-3 for 3. Uh, there's another send to market. Um, let's see, what else is there? There's a bunch of there's a bunch of shadow commons, Metabot Station, Razorbot. There's an expand the reach if we wanted to splash. Yeah. No, I think it's Forbidden Tree, right? Forbidden Tree is real good, yeah. It's a it's a really solid top end. Speaking of six drops that are actually worth playing. There's another clear the way in this next pack. I guess this was just supposed to be a clear the way deck, except if they wanted us to play clear the way, they really should have had some playable relics. Yeah, no <laughs> relics. Fourth clear the way, that's what the rare is. There's a Praxis painting, that's the fire time painting, Roto Scavenger. There's an Auto Tread. Uh, third pick is already late for Auto Tread. Um, 
That's the fire one, one for one uh, that lets you pay one and discard a card to deal one damage, and then it gets plus one, plus one. Also, all of your enemies lose their regen and can't regenerate because the card is broken. There's a core tap maximizer. That's your deadly uh, one, one for two time. It gives you two maximum power when you have a relic. There's when we get all these relics for our fort, clear the way deck. Yeah, if we it'll it would be it would be a tough choice if we had a deck full of relics between Maximizer and our fourth clear the way. There's another Maveloft Elite and a Fatal Misstep. If we're gonna splash for something though, at this point we would be splashing for the Auto Tread. Yeah, it is tempting, but I don't know about the Auto Tread. It's a tough splash. We don't have anything in our pool that uh, makes it easier to splash fire at this point. No. I mean, and Mabel just... Elite is a pretty good card. It is a good card. Um, it's better if you actually have some Amplify cards, I'll tell you. But it's We have uh... a couple. We have Vicious Overgrowth, and we have Forbidden Tree now. That's true. Um, and Mabel Off Elite, as we've said before, is a card where your opponent sort of has to respect it, even if you don't have Amplify cards in your deck, because you they have to play as though you do. All right, so, so Mavelofoli. Yeah, it's not the strongest pick in the world, but it does give us another two drop, which we're still lacking. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. So that's this is an interesting card. Um, so in our next pack, we have uh, Bastion Garrison. That's our rare. That's the four time time relic. Gives all of your soldiers plus one plus one, and when you amplify a card, you play a two one soldier for each amplify so you're you're looking at uh what we have in the way of soldiers um both of our elites are soldiers i think speed grafter is a soldier right yeah field chanter is a soldier and, and then customs officer is a soldier. customs officer is a soldier so that's plenty um it would even if it gives plus one plus one to some of the cards in your deck it's still quite good uh other cards in this pack are i guess replicated cell sword and valkyrie emulator which is the one two flying with plunder for two and it's factionless yeah i guess uh garrison is a pretty easy pick although it sure would be nice to get some more amplify cards because it's not that strong without them i agree uh this next pack has a zoomic whisper uh that's the one time fast spell ready your units and they get decay and endurance this turn add two random time cards to your market um, and we do have time market access. Uh, <laughs> then there's a plated hook claw. There's a pollen sprayer. How many units do we have that have ultimate abilities? We have speed grafter, grave watch ancestor, and Goliath flytrap and, and mandrake So it's not the worst in in those terms. There's another exotic purchase and expand the reach. Uh, that's the three-time spell uh, that lets you plunder and then play a sigil of your choice from your deck depleted. Very good fixing card. And then a little seed, a 0-2 Mandrake for one primal and its ultimate ability is when you start your turn with little seed for the fifth time, it gets plus five, plus five, and overwhelm, making it a 5-7. I think that's our pick here. Yeah, I think I like little seed too. Little seed's pretty good. There's not that much uh, efficient removal for it anymore. Uh, and then this next pack has an easy slam dunk card, but I'll describe it anyway. Uh, the pack, it has another ghastly perfume. It has another restorative process. Um, and then it has a hardiness and hardiness is really just exactly the card we want right now. It uh, is. Supercharges are Mabeloft's elites and our, um, and our garrison. 
Xiao, this next pack has a Venomous Nightshade, which would be sort of an interesting thing to try to make work, but I don't know. I don't think we have any way of gaining life, right? No, not currently. Okay, it's a very strong card if you can actually take advantage of it. Um, that's the 3-2 for 3 Xenon. When you play an ultimate ability, your Mandrakes get plus 1 Strength and Deadly, and then when you gain life, you get a little seed. Uh, yeah. There's also a Sparking Vermin and a Battlefield Chanter here for us. Yeah, and I think it's just another Chanter. I think it's another Chanter as well, although it's not the strongest pick for us, but we are halfway through the pack. Yeah, I mean, it is a, a soldier. It is a soldier. So Garrison buffs it, and if you can make a bunch of units with Garrison, then, um, then it helps those out very well. But we really need more two drops or one drops at this point. Uh, this next pack has another Pollen Sprayer, a Wind Channeler, and a Ghastly Perfume. I'm inclined to take Wind Channeler here. Me too. Ghastly Perfume is fine. It's good removal, but Wind Channeler can is also removal. And there's, really, it, it, there's very few games where it just doesn't kill anything. And it can kill very large things. So all of the cards left in this pack are either Time or Primal. So there's another Little Seed... There's an Amber Lock, a Skyguard Sentinel, and an Unexpected Arrival, all of which we've already talked about. So that's great. I don't have to describe them at all. Um, so I'm leaning towards Little Seed here. Yeah, Little Seed is fine. Uh, we do need early drops, although it doesn't. Uh, Little Seed isn't really an early drop in the same sense as the others because it takes a while before it actually has any board presence. I will say, in a sense, it works better in multiples because you do want it early. But That's true, but then the second one that you draw usually isn't very good. Right. Uh, do we have any relic interactions at all? No. No thanks to you. No, I know. We could have, <laughs> we could have four clear the ways for this amber lock at this point. Four. Yeah. It really felt like the this was the draft to pick up Four. Four clear the ways. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, I'm not crazy about playing another little seed, but I guess it is the best pick here. Yeah. I mean, I think Unexpected Arrival is not bad. I don't really know what we're putting in our market yet, but we do have two ways to access market, so we are potentially getting, you know can hit on all three modes of unexpected arrival. That's true. That's true. It's at its best right now. Um, but we're so low on units that I, we're not currently putting any units in our market. So I don't know. I think I'm going to take the little seed. Okay, you can pick the little seed. Uh, I think unexpected arrival is defensible there as well. So this next pack has uh, incineration, which just deals face, face damage, granted in a, a junk obstructor. We might as well stake the junk obstructor, but we're probably not playing it. It's so the 1-1 one, one with Berserk and Plunder, and it's factionless. Uh, another Restorative Process and a Hoarding Builder. We're definitely not playing any of our Restorative Processes, but we're just going to pick that one out of this pick, out of this pack, and a Razor Bot. Pretty late Razor Bot. I think it's a decent card if anyone's in Shadow, but we're not in Shadow. So. Okay, so current state of affairs is uh, we have two Little Seeds, two Babeloft Elites, a Speed Grafter, two Battlefield Chanters, a Gravewatch Ancestor, a Genev Merchant, a Stalking Cyberfang, Wind Channeler, Customs Officer, Goliath Flytrap, Insistent Automaton, Mandrake Simul Simulacra, or Simulacra, 
uh, Forbidden Tree, Orkessa's Audience, Shapeshifters, Mask, Bastion, Garrison, Hardiness, Ghastly Perfume, Restorative Process, Vicious Overgrowth, um, Wisdom of the Elders, Mass Intimacy, Primal Symbol, and, uh, and a Seat of Order that's hanging around. And then a bunch of stuff in our pool. So... Let's see. Uh, I think the state of things is that we really do need a few more early drops, and uh, we're 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 leaning pretty hard on on drawing customs officer as far as removal. But Bastion Garrison uh, into hardiness is a very strong thing. I think like anything that draws cards is good because we want to draw into any of these. Um, any of these strong combinations, basically customs officer or bastion garrison. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, a, I don't know, some flyers, a way to win the game would be nice too. We do need, we do need a way to win the game. Uh, we're unlikely to come up with any flyers, but, uh, because we're in a lesion, which for some reason isn't flyers, this format. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I think we're just, it's going to be a bit of a toolbox, uh, of a deck, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, considering this uh, are rare, I think we're just hoping to hit really well with Vicious Overgrowth Amplifies. Yeah, that's another thing that we we wanted to. Uh, I think it'll be interesting building the deck at the end uh, because we are going to have so much market access. Um, so let's, uh, let's do it. Uh, our rare is uh, another Genev Merchant if we want it. Um, and then uh, I think I'm going to skip over a lot of this. Yeah. There's uncommons that are not in our colors. There's a Sirocco Glider, which is a 2-5 that has flying when you have a relic. But I don't think we're picking that. We already have enough four drops. There's Awaken the Ages. There's a bunch of Shadow cards. There's Consuming Greed, Sunset Priest, uh, Lethrite Courtier. There's a Worldly Cleric. Uh, that's the 2-2 two, two for three time that gains you life equal to your time influence. I think this is an easy Genev Merchant. And then uh, basically having two Genev Merchants means that any Primal card that we put in our market, um, we essentially have two copies of. So that's pretty good. Um, here we have, uh, in this next pack, we have, uh, let's see, the, the Uncommons aren't for us, unfortunately, because there's a Fourth Tree Elder there, but I don't think there's any way we can stretch and play it. Uh, in the Commons section, there's a Token of Tradition, uh, there is an Ancient Machinist, the 2-1 that turns into a Sentinel if you cast a spell for five or more, a Yeti Taunt Patrol, an Ice Bow, uh, that's the 1-1 for three Primal uh, that deals one damage to an enemy on Summon. Uh, I think that's about it. I don't think we're playing this Wilderness Refuge. No, we're not playing the Wilderness no, Refuge. I think it's, it's a... a it is an easy Ancient Machinist. And uh, just for the sake of argument, what do we have that actually activates it? Hardiness potentially activates it. Vicious Overgrowth potentially activates it. And Mass Intimacy, although you have to spend eight to make that happen. Yeah, uh, so that's a big Sentinel. That's a big Sentinel, all right. That's an 8-8. Eight, eight. Um, to get back with our two restorative processes. That's true. We would be able to do that. That sounds super smooth and easy to do uh but we'll pick up the machinist it is a it's also a soldier i think and yeah. it is a soldier yes and then this next pack has a permafrost so i don't think we need to look at anything else in it although hilariously there is a to loot the iron gate uh if we were playing nothing but justice 
Um, <laughs> there were some other cards in there, but permafrost, great. Uh, and yeah. in this pack, there's a seed of wisdom and a bunch of junk. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we're taking I mean, there's that. a tainted mark, which we've talked about recently, but we don't yeah. have any flyers. Not so. in a deck with zero flyers, we're not taking tainted mark. Uh, then this pack has an island's choice, which I think we should consider. Uh, that's the three justice primal, uh, it, a fast spell. It can either negate an enemy spell with cost four or more, or it can kill an attacking enemy unit with four strength or more. There's also a Praxis spell. I don't think we have anything in fire that we want to splash. Uh, another gun rustler. I don't think I've ever seen so many gun rustlers in one draft. Um, and that would mean a lot more if we hadn't seen four clear the ways. And then there's a rose blue mandrake. That's the six six for overwhelm we mentioned earlier. It costs eight primal unless your opponent has ten unit uh ten unit or ten units? No, ten cards in their void, and then it costs yeah. two. And that's about it. There's a combust that we can't possibly play. And there's an ancient bauble that I'm not sure why is in the draft packs. So Yeah. Well, because there's relic matters. There's relic matters, absolutely. Uh I can see somebody going for that. Just need another relic. Um I think we can kind of maybe play the island's choice, and it is a super strong card. It is, and actually, what I, I was thinking because I mean, we already do have a seat of order, but also we do have two ways to access the market in yep. Primal. So maybe it's it's also a pretty good market card, possibly too. Yeah, we can do the trick where we don't um, we don't warp our um, our sigils that much. You know, we just play like two sources of justice or something, or even one, and then just have the island's choice in the market. That might be the best way to build it. So we pick up that. Uh, then there's uh, then this pack has a seed of wisdom again. Uh, another another seed of wisdom for time and primal. There's a Jarl's Frostkin, which is the three three for four primal that stuns an enemy unit. Um, and then I guess there's a Greed's Reward, although we didn't pick up any way of making Greed's Reward actually good. So I don't think we want that here. It's either Seed of Wisdom or Frostkin. I would go for Seed of Wisdom here over Frostkin. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I think Frostkin's a very powerful card. I guess, to me, it, it just depends on how much you value the island's choice. How so? Well, because I guess picking up a seed, you know, if we're not playing Island's Choice, then our power, I think, is pretty good off of just a single seed of wisdom and a primal symbol. Mm -hmm. And so we don't really need a second seat. And so then I think Frostkin is a fine card to put in our deck. Um, but yeah. if we're thinking of playing the island's choice, then I think the second seed of wisdom makes it easier to put a second justice source in our deck. I don't think there's any limit on the number of seed of wisdoms I want to play in a if we're playing Elysian, because it just makes those first few turns that much more consistent. No, I, I agree. I guess I, I mean I I don't think there is a limit, but I think Frostkin is, you know, a pretty good card. I think it's good, but I actually find myself valuing it less in, uh, at times when I don't have a, a real tempo deck going, and this definitely isn't one. Mm. So you could play Frostkin, stun their unit, 
to give you time for your shapeshifter's mask to turn that frost skin into something. It could do that, but um, yeah. All right, I'll take the seat. I'll take the seat. Okay, we got the seat. Uh, in this next pack, there's Crack the Earth, uh, which it just that's that's a lot of strain to put on the market, and we don't have any anything that costs five anyway, so we're not playing Crack the Earth. There's a Glacier Shaper, which is a two four for three primal, and its renown ability is play a glacial monstrosity with strength and health equal to the cost of that spell or weapon and overwhelm. And then there's a Vine Petal Creeper that's four four for five time with the muster ability that get, that it gets uh, f- uh, plus four, plus four, and endurance. Yeah, I think we just turn. play the Glacial Shaper, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, the, we've got a hardiness for it, and I think that's about it. Yeah, and the Shapeshifter's Mask. And the Shapeshifter's Mask. Yeah, you, we could get a 3-3 three, three and then turn the Glacier Shaper into something bigger. Yeah, it's fine. Let's play Glacier Shaper. Uh, this pack doesn't have a lot. Uh, it does have a Vine Petal Creeper, though, so we might... Might, that might can go just, in our market. We can throw that into our market, give it haste. Uh, this next pack, uh, there's nothing like there's nothing big that we missed out on in this pack for not being in the right colors, I don't think. There's a Tainted Mark, which I can't imagine will play, even in our market. Uh, then this next pack has three Primal cards. One is Green Stretch Empath. That's the 3-5 five for 5 with Muster Draw 2 cards. Uh, and then there's a Frost. That uh, is the two Primal Fast spell that stuns an enemy unit and has Revenge. And another Greed's Reward. Uh, so what does Empath look like here? We have Okessa's Audience that outright um, activates it. And then we mm-hmm. have Permafrost, which is a cheap uh, cheap attachment. And then yeah, I think that's, that's about it. That's about it. It's not great. Can go on our market. Can go on our market. We only get five cards in our market, unfortunately. Empath yeah, is another well, one of those cards that sort of draws removal, but that would be all it basically all it's doing in this deck. Yeah. I mean, it's a fine body. I don't know. I mean, we, do you want the frost? I don't know. I mean, if I'm not going to take Jarrell's Frostkin, I'm not going to take a frost. So then we just take the green stretch empath, right? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then this next pack has another primal symbol and a yeti taunt patrol. That's the two one for three primal primal, and its surge ability is that the enemy player deals one damage to themselves, and it has plunder. I don't think we need another primal symbol. All right, so the patrol. So let's take a taunt patrol, and then the last pick is a court mage. It's a two five for four primal with pledge. Yep. Okay. Well, this is, I think, a classic Elysian deck where Elysian is obviously open and then you still don't really get any good cards. That's pretty much what it is, yeah. That's pretty much what it is. We only, we, on the bright side, we only need to make a few cuts. Because <laughs> we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for playables. Um, our early game is, is pretty weak. We only have four two drops. Uh, I don't know what we do if somebody plays a, um, a, a barricade basher. Uh, we basically have to have permafrost in hand in that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a huge problem with this deck. I mean, we, I, yes, the, not to the um, barricade basher, but to the 
early drops. We also have two little seeds. So we have the four two drops and two little seeds as early plays. Uh, that is true. So uh, I think one one fun thing is that we have a speed grafter and uh, two Genev merchants. So we absolutely put the customs officer in our market. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we have three ways of accessing it, and it's one of our best cards. So we want to be able to um, we want to be able to draw that every game, and uh, that lets us do it. That's one of the great things about having a two faction uh, bomb. I mean, it's sort of a bomb. It is removal, mm-hmm. and we do have a few ways of abusing it. So there's that. I'm I'm looking at any other primal cards that we can put in the market because we have two ways of drawing them too. So I almost think that permafrost, which is not usually a card that we need to play on turn uh, on or on the early turns, is okay to put in the market because again we have two ways of getting it. But then it's a little weird because then you are putting a lot of pressure on the Genev merchants because they can't get both a permafrost and a customs officer. So maybe we just leave the permafrost in the main deck. So we really yeah, only need to I make like that. three I guess, more cuts here. Yeah, well, I guess the one choice is, do we put the island's choice into the market or not? Yeah, I think we do. It is our only other way of dealing with the barricade batcher. But. That's true. Um, but, you know, then we've got two ways of accessing it. I don't know. We've got, we've got a lot of ways a of mass entomancy? Uh, yeah, let's put that in the market, too. I don't want to have it main deck. So that's our second line of defense, you know, against uh, against big problem units. Yeah. Um, first line of defense is you get Genev Merchant. Uh, Customs Officer is great against Barricade Basher, because then they have to discard another card if they can kill the officer. Uh, yes. Then of course, no, I mean, it comes great. back. Okay, so I think we just need one more cut, right? Them. Um, yeah, we do need just one more cut. So uh, it's probably going to be a unit because we're currently playing twenty units, and that's a lot. We don't have good early game, but um, we don't need uh, twenty units. Let's see. I guess it's probably court mage. Oh really? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. What were we? What are you thinking? I was, for me, it was between Little Seed, Yeti, Tomp Patrol, and Green Stretch Empath. Okay. But I could see Court Mage, too. I think all of those are sort of in contention. I think we want both Little Seeds. Okay. Looking at the deck, like that, we don't have a lot of ways of, of finishing games, and Little Seed actually is that. Yeah. And we could let our little seed ultimate it and then return it with insistent automaton. That's true. We can do that. And then in five more turns, we would have a 10-12. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about that is that, like, let's say you're on five power, which you probably are after you've spent five turns waiting for little seed to grow. Uh, You can attack with little seed, you know, uh, and then... Yeah, then you play the automaton, play the little seed right away again. You haven't really lost anything. It's still a five seven. Um, hopefully you you've you've cast ghastly perfume on it so that it kills another thing. You know, there's a lot that can happen there. I think little seed's fine in this deck, uh, okay. and fine enough to play two of them. And uh, let's say you draw a little seed very late and you're still not sure what to put a shapeshifter's mask on. Well, there you go. Put it on your zero two. 
and then yeah. and then then you're waiting maybe for less time because it's definitely five turns for your little suit to turn into something big unless your shapeshifter's mask is on it which turns it into something right away <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not that much bigger. You're still so, waiting for five turns. You're to win still the game. waiting for five turns, but at least it's more exciting. Uh, yeah. Okay, so so what's what's in our market right now? Let's 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 actually try to make the market and see what we're missing there. We're putting customs officer over there. We probably want to have another option in time. It's then. just by pedal creepers are only other option. Okay, so let's put that over there. That's fine. Uh, then there's customs officer, customs officer, and then islands choice. So then, uh, we have tainted mark, or there's also the stalking cyberfang. That's not bad for the market. It's not the worst, yeah. Because we'll have at least one unit on board. Yeah, and I then... mean the. The, the, all you, all we have to do is play a one drop or a two drop, and then a, um, and then a, and then, oh my god, what is it called? Genev Merchant. The Genev Merchant, and that is enough to to give Cyberfang its bonus. Yeah, and then for our, yeah, and then for our fifth card, it could be either Junk Obstructor, a Sigil, or whatever we cut. I. Th- I, I think I like Sigil. We with our other option is uh is Intimacy. But I I think Customs Officer kind of fills that role well enough. And Intimacy isn't a great card. No, I, especially I agree. especially since we have no flying defense. <laughs> We're just going to get overrun by the by the humbugs. All right, so we still need one more cut though. I still think it should be a unit. We're just we just don't need all of these. And I guess whatever the clunkiest thing is here, I guess the taunt patrol is pretty clunky. Yeah, it's either But it is a soldier. Yeah, I mean all our options are I think anything we would cut is a soldier because there's like Yeti Taunt Patrol, Court Mage, or Green Stretch Empath are our three clunkiest units. Sure. And they're all soldiers. And then I feel like the difference between Yeti Taunt Patrol and Court Mage is Court Mage, you know, helps with your early game a little bit with Pledge, while Yeti Taunt Patrol maybe can turn a sigil into a treasure late game, you know, because it has Plunder. So, yeah. Uh, I actually. So, what are you thinking? I actually think because we have so many merchants that we don't need Plunder. Mm-hmm. Because that's we turn our we turn our extra sigils into market cards. Yeah, and yeah. Okay. We, let's and if we add a if we add a primal sigil to the market so that we can get that with merchant, I think that kind of take care takes care of all of the all of the stuff Taunt Patrol was going to do anyway. Yeah, and Court Mage synergizes with Grave Watch Ancestor. Yeah, it does things with big butts. Uh, are fine, although we probably have too many of those. But you know, I, I'm I'm always happy to p- to play a court mage. Really, um, no, I've been I, very happy with court mage recently. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and and pledge is a good ability. It it really is. Plunder sort of over overshadowed it, but uh, and uh, with a shapeshifter's mask in your deck, 
uh, no matter what your, no matter how horsey and awkward your unit is, you can always turn it into something else. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, I guess the only other question here would be, is it better to have a vine petal creeper in the market or one of our restorative processes? Is there, I guess we only have automaton and audience still to get back, uh, but we could get back like shapeshifter's mask if it was ever killed. No, I think it's probably better to just have Creeper. Machinist is also a Sentinel once it, it transforms. Yeah. But it's very and unlikely we'll be able to transform it. Can you get back a Permafrost? Not that that happens very often. but It doesn't happen often enough. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, any attachment. I don't think there's enough targets for for restorative process to, to play one, even in the market. Okay, okay. All right, so let's put some power in this. Oh, it's too many justice sigils. How many justice sigils do we want? I think with the mark, I think because we're playing our one justice card in the market, we can we can get away with two, uh, rather uh, one. So that just one justice sigil in the seat of order. Is that is that is that the right distribution? I guess that's eight time, eight time, and twelve. Eight. Primal? Yeah, we probably don't... I mean, we have a lot more Primal, but we do have a lot of early... Yeah, we have early time, so... I think, yes, seven time sigils and six Primal sigils. So this is our deck. Uh, Two Little Seeds, an Ancient Machinist, uh, two Mabeloft Elites, a Speed Grafter, two Battlefield Chanters, Glacier Shaper, Gravewatch Ancestor, two Genith Merchants, a Wind Channeler, a Court Mage, a Goliath Flytrap, Insistent Automaton, Mandrake Simulacrum, a Green Stretch Empath, and a Forbidden Tree, uh, and an Okessa's Audience, Permafrost, Chip Sh- Shapeshifter's Mask, Bastion Garrison, Hardiness, Ghastly Perfume, Vicious Overgrowth, Wisdom of the Elders, um, Seven Time Sigils, a Justice Sigil, Six Primal Sigils, a Primal Symbol, Two Seats of Wisdom, and a Seat of Order. Then our market is Island's Choice, Stocking, Cyber Fang, Customs Officer, Vine Petal Creeper, and a Primal Sigil. Okay, so it's going to take a lot of like good tactical decision-making, uh, I think, to, to win a lot of games with this deck, but I do think it's capable of it. There's a fair amount of removal with Permafrost, uh, Customs Officer, uh, Ghastly Perfume, Vicious Overgrowth. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the worst. There's a wind, random wind channeler. There's a Goliath flytrap. We have some interaction. It's just that our units are not big on our, on their own, and it's hard to see how we're actually going to win games. We basic, we're basically kind of counting on the little seeds to do a lot of work here, which is sort of a weird position to be in. Or shapeshifters my... ask simply overwhelming our uh, our opponent with randomness. Yeah, but I guess the one question I have is. Because our curve is pretty low and we have an Akessa's audience, is there any thought to running just 17 power? We really need to make it to three pa- or four power because then that's when we start playing some of our stronger cards. But I guess Genev Merchant makes it so that we can play that fourth power pretty consistently because we can always go get the Primal Sigil. So what are you thinking of adding to the deck? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess In order we could add... The- I, we could add the Eddie Tom Patrol back in, which will allow us to play our fourth power. Yeah, we'll definitely be playing fourth, our fourth power in that case. So I guess we would take out a time sigil in that case. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we should necessarily. I'm just saying it depends on like how you view that Okessa's audience, I guess, which is one of the eternal questions of this format. Well, we certainly have a lot of sort of filler three drops that we would be able to turn into a sigil. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like, you know, even when you say we need to get to four, we only have five four drop. You know, we have like we have five four drops, a five drop, and a six drop, and that's sure our whole top end. That is true. Um, I mean, I guess, but your gut would be to play the eighteen power. It would, and and then just if if we flood. Uh, just trade away extra sigils to our merchants. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I just know that people have been playing less power this format, and when I look at this curve, I don't think it's really that expensive. I guess we've got one pledge card. I don't know. Uh, and then we've got plunder. Eh. And we would have two if we added a card back in. We would have two what? Pledge cards, because we would put a Yeti Tom Patrol back in. Oh, a plunder card. Um, yeah. Or sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were saying pledge. Sorry. Okay. Well, we could take out a time sigil and put it back in top patrol. We do with all of this plunder and pledge. We do have a fair amount of and and merchants. We do have a fair amount of uh, control over our deck. So we could do that. Um, just having the top patrol in there. We'll see whether that actually adds something really substantial to what we're doing. Um, yeah, I think it's it's we're pretty obviously uh, gonna have trouble closing out games, but we do have a, a few ways of doing it. Forbidden Tree can end games, um, and uh, and just doing shenanigans with Customs Officer can wipe out your opponent's board, and we have a few ways of doing that um, between. Uh, between a uh, insistent automaton and shapeshifter's mask and so forth. Yeah, I guess those and are we do only have a ways lot of right soldiers. Now. So Bastion Garrison is buffing our team, and we can hope to draw hardiness after that. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. It's just, uh, yeah. There's not. It, I think every game is going to be a little different because we'll have to really react to what our opponent is doing and find a path to victory. Mm-hmm. Um, through through uh, through what is specifically happening there, but we definitely have ways of getting there. Little seed can win all by itself, and we have a lot of ways of staying alive while the little seeds do their work. Um, but we're really going to be looking to uh, sort of abuse the combinations that we do have. Things like ghastly perfume and insistent automaton, um, uh, really holding on to that hardiness so that. Uh, it can either make an unbeatable Mabeloft elite or um, or an unbeatable Bastion Garrison, that kind of thing. Just make sure that the synergies that we have are getting really leveraged. I sort of want to put a lot of primal cards in the market so that we can get them with Genev Merchant, but I, it's uh, uh, there's no there's only five ways there's only five slots in the market, so we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, hopefully we can get lucky with Vicious Overgrowth, too. Cool. Yeah, the, well, like I said. Okay, well, we did it. Um, we, dra- we drafted a deck. This is pretty typical for this format, um, the way this turned out. 
there just wasn't anything really strong open in any of the other factions. We just saw a lot of mediocre cards um, that we didn't really need, and this this was the open lane was sort yes. of a janky Elysian deck with a couple of uh, with a couple of strong synergies. So that's where we're at. Cool, and I, I might post the this list to the Discord to see what people think about the the eighteen, the seventeen or eighteen power. Okay, uh, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So cool. So wanna... that's our show, and uh, tune in uh, next episode to see how it goes. Uh, this deck, and then thanks again to all our patrons for making the show a success. And for those of you who are not patrons, a reminder to give us a five star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord, link in the show notes. Finally, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts. And don't forget to send in all your 7-1 deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And remember to keep on farming. Have a good night. Good night. All right. Holy cow, it's 10 o'clock. When did that?